welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to Fear Boners, presented by the Down in Front podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, and today we're going to be discussing a holiday of sorts, the holiday. We are recording this episode on Friday the 13th. So, because time is an illusion, you'll probably be hearing this after the actual day itself, but I am here with my good friend, Sean Bukowski, uh, to talk about the films, to talk about the holiday itself, to talk about our experience with Friday the 13th. Sean, my good buddy, how are you doing? And tell us more about what you're drinking, what you're watching. All right. Well, I'm doing pretty good, actually. Just relaxing, drinking, in fact, a non-named, non-branded homebrew ale that I got from a buddy of mine at work. It's pretty light, somewhat smooth, almost lager-like, but that's what I'm drinking. It is in a blank bottle so as far as i know i just drank poison and just finished it all <laughs> i was gonna say i noticed your bottle was blank i was like what are you drinking bathtub hooch yeah, well not yet i do have uh, a separate friend coming back from uh, some training in west virginia that's bringing us all back shine so oh, nice yeah we'll see in a couple weeks how that turns out there you go but that's what i'm drinking as far as what i'm watching since I am married and still have a very young child, have not gotten to the theater very often. So a lot of what I watch is just on either Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon Prime. Most recently, I watched two movies on Netflix that I recommend no one watch. <laughs> uh, that is Tao, which is like a smart house sort of... It's not necessarily a slasher. I feel like it tried to be without actually having any physical slasher elements in it. I was extremely let down by this because the trailer made it out to be like it was a Saw movie if the genius who created HAL 9000 from 2001 Space Odyssey was obsessed with Saw. Okay. So that's... so. I mean, that could have been a horrible movie, even if it was like that. But that's at least what I expected. Instead, no, it was a very sappy, very slow-moving movie about this evil genius that created it and a victim that he was using to conduct experiments on. Really, there was no development of experiments whatsoever. And in no time at all, she turned the house against the dude. And it was just, spoiler alert. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, we were talking about it right before we started horrible. recording. Yeah, I couldn't even... Props to you for actually making it through the whole movie. I could barely make it through 20 minutes. It seemed really cheesy and not really well hashed together. So, warning to the Fear Boners audience, don't waste your time with Tao. I feel like the writing was rushed, the production was rushed, the filming was rushed. Well, maybe not the filming, but I definitely feel the production, editing, and writing were. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then the other one I don't recommend is Singularity with John Cusack. Uh, another one we talked about where it is basically a poor man's Terminator salvation. It looks like someone took the script to the movie Terminator Salvation, changed just enough so that they wouldn't get sued, and then hired some production agency to make it. <laughs> the main character is not Sarah Connor, it's Kara Sonner. <laughs> might as well be yeah okay <laughs> uh, and then there is one thing I do suggest not saying it's necessarily a good movie it's one of those good bads that's okay. 
Like, I'm into it. In my view, bad but enjoyable to watch. Uh, it was on Amazon Prime is how I watched it. It's a South Korean film called The Villainous. Oh, okay. Uh, if Have you ever seen uh, Hardcore Henry? Yes. All right. So this movie itself starts in very same uh, cinematic style of the first person. Okay. And it's just this long, drawn-out fight scene until uh, the main character who you're look like the uh, heroine who you're looking through her eyes. Uh, she gets her face smashed by a dude into this like glass mirrored wall. Oh shit! And so that's where you see for the first time what she looks like. And if you watch this while on drugs, I think you would shit yourself because <laughs> just the amount of different types of just like different shots all together, different camera angles and everything. They basically, if you could think of it as a way to film, it happened. Okay. The first person they had like matrix style stuff going on. They had just plain still shots for like this extended period. So like it was almost like the movie was made to be a film students experiment on different cinematography. Okay. But it was done very well. <laughs> oh, this sounds dope. It's called The Villainous? The Villainous. And okay. it was on Amazon. Yeah. yeah. No, shit. I'll watch that this weekend. That sounds dope. And it's like a long, just, I mean, it is subtitled and it is somewhat long. So if you're willing to put in the time and the effort, I th- say it's definitely worth it. Hey, man, I don't have anything just, better to do. Yeah. Long tale of revenge, basically. <laughs> nice. Into it. Okay. Cool. So that's what I'm watching. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, yeah, uh, as for me, I am recovering, actually, from from having the strept throat, as the kids call it these days. So I wasn't going to be drinking, but I am drinking a little bit of Vimto sparkling fruit soda mixed with red wine. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> it just ended up in my cup, and I'm doing it. And what I watched recently, because it's been showing up on the Twitters a lot, is a found footage film... Uh, also on Amazon Prime, I think, is where I found it, called Hell House LLC. And this one I would recommend, because if you liked Houses October Built, which is one about sort of spooky haunted houses that sort of follow you around, and it's sort of trippy and first-person found footage kind of movie, they made a sequel to that film that I only got a chance to watch recently, and it wasn't... It was okay, but it wasn't what I was hoping for, so it was kind of a little bit of a letdown. The Houses October Built 2... Um, wasn't that good. But Hell House LLC, actually, I think it came out in like 2015, 2016. Really good. Same sort of premise. Basically, we find out that there was this crazy event that happened at a haunted attraction where a whole bunch of people got killed. And we're sort of introduced to that concept early on in the movie. It's sort of presented to us like a documentary and people being like, oh, you'll never believe what happened. And it sort of leads into this really ominous thing. And then we meet this cast of characters who sort of every year they go to a different part of the the U.S. and set up a haunt that they call Hell House LLC. And in this particular scenario, of course, the place that they get this particular year is legitimately haunted and weird shit starts happening and it's all from, like, first-person documentarian handicam footage, which, as I've said before, I love found footage movies, so this one is really fun. If you're not a fan of it, too bad that's fine but i would definitely recommend checking it out it's a good halloween movie if you're if you want to wait to watch it till october but even if you want to watch it this weekend check it out hell house llc it's up on amazon prime if you have that service you can watch it for free so no cost to you so that's what i'm drinking that's what i'm watching that's what we're doing 
Uh, today is the day, Friday the 13th, Sean. Were you worried at all at any point in the day? Were you, like, nervous? Do you do you get anxious about these kind of days at all? I don't, only because a majority of the time, it doesn't hit me till later on. That's like, oh, yeah, today was Friday the 13th, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, okay. And then I just carry on with the uh, rest of my day. So the fact that half the time I don't even know that that's what day I'm living through <laughs> sort of takes any uh, anxiety out of it. So, yeah, as so. long as, you know, none of us can even remember what we ate for breakfast, so it's fine. <laughs> I was uh, I was telling you earlier, like, I had remembered we had planned on recording today, and I thought there was, like, a cognizant thought in my head, like, a, a clear vision of me being like, no, it's fine, we're not recording tonight, we're recording on Friday the 13th, but I don't have to worry about that till it's Sunday. And then I thought about it, and I was like, oh, shit, I gotta get home so we can record. I mean, that's one of those minor, easily, like, explainable things. Yeah, everyone thinks that once in a while. But even then, when we were talking earlier about having difficulties trying to record, you know, the first thing I said wasn't, oh, it's Friday the 13th, that's why we're having difficulty recording. No, I was like, oh, Mercury's in retrograde. <laughs> so it's it's always something. Like, I don't, I'm not a super superstitious person, so, like, this kind of stuff doesn't bother me like the number 13 doesn't bother me but i don't think anything walking under ladders all the time oh yeah for black cats to cross your path any any chance i get any chance i get <laughs> and i feel like i'm gonna run into some like criticism here calling myself a horror fan but when it comes to the storied friday the 13th franchise i'm not a big fan Sure, the first couple movies are great. Like, they're they're classic. You you should watch them at some point. Definitely check out Friday the 13th Part 1, Part 2. I know a lot of people enjoy all 10-plus movies that are out there nowadays. Some of them are great, good, bad movies. And you you know, you and I both love good, bad movies, as we talked about previously. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. And there's a place for it. But they're just... It gets to a point with movies like this and Police Academy, where there are just too damn many of them. And so, as we were kind of talking about before, I remembered some of them, and then I remembered there was a huge chunk in the middle where we're dealing with Jason versus, like, psychic kids, and I hate kids in movies unless they're handled really well, and I remember just being really distracted when I tried to watch, you know, episodes, like, four through seven. And then, so recently, I sat back down and watched some of the last couple movies. I watched Jason Takes Manhattan, and I watched Jason Goes to Hell. And I realized, like, I had never seen these two of these movies, which I felt really bad about, because they were both pretty amazing. They're they're pretty bad, but they're fun in general. One of them is very, very 80s. It's, you know, we're introduced to a bunch of characters. We're introduced to the city of New York as its own character, and they try to make it, like, the wretched hive of scum and villainy were introduced. There's a montage in the beginning of the movie where people are getting robbed, people are getting raped, people are shooting up drugs, and, like, that's New York, and it's terrible, and it's awful. But then we have to remember, at the end of the day, Jason's also in this movie, and he's, like, the ultimate evil. But, of course, there's, like, a cruise ship full of children that he has to torment. So it's very formulaic, and it's very fun, and it's very goofy. And, of course, we want to finally get Jason away from Crystal Lake, because we've seen him kill so many people around Camp Crystal Lake. But what can you expect? And, yeah, with Jason Takes Manhattan, even though, yes, they, as you said, get away from Crystal Lake, it really is a turn back to basics, really, with how you had explained there are those ones 
fighting like psychic kids and whatnot where it sort of gets away from the uh, origins of Jason somewhat. But this one, even though they take him to a different physical, like I said, it gets back to basics where there is a group of teens, basically very representative of the counselors that begin the origin of the story altogether. And he just goes out to slaughter them in a fit of revenge almost. And yeah, Jason Takes Manhattan, I feel, is very representative of, like I said, going back to that original theme of Jason within the Friday the 13th movies. Yeah, definitely. And he has he has these weird moments where, you know, you're introduced to these, like, rancidly obnoxious characters, and you're just like, God, I hope they die. And then, like, in the next two scenes, they're already dead. And it's like, that's why you watch these movies, because they're almost, like, comical and cartoony in that way, where it's, you're introduced to these disposable characters, and they're like, they're... They're they're over the top, eleven out of ten characteristic wise, and you just want them gone immediately. And Jason does that for you because he's your pal, he's your best friend in this movie. But he also has these weird moments where he almost has that Godzilla effect, where you know Godzilla is the big bad monster, but he still kind of saves the day by the end of the movie. Where there's this part where they finally, finally, finally actually get to 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 New York. And of course, right when they get off the lifeboat after Jason like wrecks the ship and kills everybody, and they're trying to get to land, and they get jumped immediately by like two Hispanic guys with guns. It's, it's just really terribly stereotypical. And they take the one girl away, and they threaten to rape her, and they're about to rape her. And but before they do that, they do shoot her up with heroin, which is still pretty terrifying. <laughs> And then Jason comes in just in the nick of time to kill both the, the the would-be rapist and, like, technically save the girl, but then he still pursues her. So it's like, yeah, you saved her, but you're still trying to kill her. Oh, man. It's just, like, you almost feel for Jason in this because she keeps having those weird psychic flashbacks to him drowning as a child, too. And it's... This movie is so all over the place. I don't know if you remember... Do you remember the, the one black character who's, like, the star athlete... Mm -hmm. And he's, like, the boxing champ, and everybody's trying to box him, but, like, everybody's like, no, you're, like, you're the dude, you're the man, you have all the trophies, you're the champion. And, of course, do you remember how he dies? I'm trying to think, because I haven't seen this one. I mean, I personally saw the first one, the second one, and then jumped straight to Jason Takes Manhattan. So there's, like, a good five in between that I never even saw, but I saw Jason Takes Manhattan probably mid-90s, so okay. it's been a quick minute. <laughs> that's that's fair. No, this is... I, I definitely recommend taking a peek, because it's a fun movie, even if you just want to put it on in the background while you're doing other shit. Like, he gets in this weird... Like, he corners the guy on a rooftop, and the guy's like, okay, come on, let's do this, and he squares up like he's, gonna, he's doing the footwork, and he's gonna box him, and he starts, like, wailing on Jason, wailing on Jason, wailing on... Like, punching him in the face... And Jason's kind of, like, stepping back, stepping back, stepping back, like, taking it, taking it. And then he just stops. He stops at the edge of the roof, and he just starts punching him, punch, the black guy's punching him, punching him, punching him, and then he's not moving. And you realize, oh, Jason doesn't give a shit, he was just toying with you. Jason takes one swing at the kid and knocks his head right off. It, bounce, it flies off the roof of the house, rolls down a wall, and into a garbage can, and the garbage can shuts on the decapitated head. Perfect. <laughs> I do recall the scene of the head rolling. <laughs> <laughs> so if anything, if any part of the movie is worth watching up into that point, it is that part mm -hmm. of the movie. But 
what really got me interested in wanting to talk about this, because like I said, like for so many years I've I've discounted this this series, is the transition from this crazy Jason in Manhattan movie to Jason Goes to Hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it was the biggest jump between movies being made because I think the first one was in 80 and it was almost like a movie was made every year maybe even before that maybe I'm full of shit I think it was in the 70s the first one was made I'm terrible at this I think 80 was 80 was the the first one when uh, spoiler Jason isn't even really in it it's his mom who's the his mom is the killer but yeah it's uh, 80 straight off Okay. Because, I mean, and I always talk about how Jason and Mike Myers are basically the same character. Yeah. And it makes sense because the Jason movies were made in order to hop on the bandwagon that was being created about the popularity and of the first Halloween movie. Yeah, he was the he so, was the Pepsi to their Coke. He was the Burger King to their McDonald's, basically. Pretty exactly. Yeah, that's why he was created. But like they did the they were like the original Saw because like when that movie came out, they shat out another movie every year for almost a whole decade. There was like Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three, and then in between Jason Takes Manhattan and Jason Goes to Hell, there was like I think like a three or four year gap when I was looking at it, and. Mm-hmm. Because I know, um, yeah, everything else from the first one up until Jason Takes Manhattan is made in the 80s. And then uh, Jason Goes to Hell was... 93, I think? Yeah, somewhere in the early to mid-90s. Yeah, so they, like, had to take some time to make, to, like, really polish that turd. And the thing of it is, I, I realized as I was doing my research, the deep, deep research into these films, that... You go from Jason basically being killed, and I use air quotes when I say killed at the end of Jason Takes Manhattan, to the beginning of Jason Goes to Hell, which is, like, ridiculous, because suddenly he's back at Camp Crystal Lake stalking some woman, and then suddenly there's, like, a crazy military, um, like, group that comes in and, like, blows him up and shoots him to bits and just kills him straight off. Like, he's just, like, it's a trap set for Jason, and, like this marine crew just comes in and just takes him out in the first five minutes of the movie. And you're like, well, shit, what, what happened in those few years between those two movies that fills the gap that just occurred in my knowledge. And apparently there was a comic book that was made that fills that gap that I'm actually now sort of interested to find and read, which I might have my best opportunity to find this comic at San Diego (laughs) comic-con coming up, hopefully. But it's just such a bizarre movie because then it goes off the rails with all these people in this small town and we find out that even though Jason is blown to bits, he can jump from body to body because suddenly he's like this his like this demon that can possess other people's souls, like that movie Fallen, if you've ever seen that movie. Yeah, um, it's the first one where he's no longer just an unstoppable physical force. Yeah. Like, this is the first movie where they go beyond that. And he's like a weird slug that he has to make out with people to put in their brains or whatever. So he keeps trying to like spit his like worm being into other people's gullets. And it's really creepy. It almost seems like it was a, a whole different script that was retooled to be a Friday the 13th movie. But it is still really fun. A lot of the characters are over the top. Some of the people who work at the diner that we encounter are just fucking nuts. And then 
What I really wanted to talk about, because again, I feel like my failings as a horror fan, I had no idea that there was this unrecognized connection between the Friday the 13th franchise and the Evil Dead franchise. Because there's a part in the movie where one of the guys is wandering around the old Voorhees Manor and finds the Necronomicon, the one that's actually from the Evil Dead franchise. And when I brought this up with Sean, Sean was like, oh yeah, he could totally technically be a deadite. So, like, tell me, like, from your experience, Sean, you you seem to already know about this, so... Only because, I mean, really, it wasn't until Ash vs. Evil Dead, I started watching that, that I sort of, going back, made that connection, just with the whole, yeah, the Necronomicon, how they're forming Jason to be a sort of demon pretty much summoned from hell and you could rightfully assume with the Necronomicon since it was in the Voorhees mansion uh, not to mention you can make the parallel that if you don't mind me spoiling this one as well when he's stabbed with a mystical dagger that's the key at, to killing him as the key to killing him it's more or less the Kandarian dagger yeah. that kills demons deadites in the Evil Dead. Yeah, when that when that dagger. There's just up a lot of parallels of that, with those little links, there's enough parallels that makes it reasonable in having that comparison, that mesh of the two realms, so to speak. And that's the thing is like I guess I didn't realize that because at the very end of that movie, after Jason does get dragged back down to hell. There is that part where his... Is it his mask that's still left above the surface? And then Freddy's hand shoots out from hell and grabs the mask and brings it back down. And so that's where people were, like, for years, like, oh, Freddy vs. Jason. And if, like, really, like, that was a long wait for people to finally get that movie. Because that was, I guess, the initial idea that people thought it was going to be Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Which was toyed with the concept was toyed with for a few years and like kind of rumor milled around and even bruce campbell at one point or another has addressed it it did become a comic book at one point which was okay i think it was either put out by idw or dynamite like it was kind of fun but like it would still make like a pretty bitchin movie i mean the fact that they did still go forward and make jason x and freddy versus jason i think it's not a long stretch that they could make freddy versus jason versus ash and honestly i don't understand why Jason X was a thing just because it's more of a, a fan film. Whereas, I mean, they talked about a Freddy vs. Jason before Jason X was ever a thing, yet they didn't make Freddy vs. Jason until two years after uh, Jason X. And Jason X isn't even canon with the story, neither the start or how Jason X ends. None of that's canon with the flow of any of the other stories. I think it's just become sort of almost like a recognized trope for horror movies, because if you think about it, like, Leprechaun wound up in space. <laughs> uh, who else wound up in space? There was um, Pinhead, the Hellraiser, had an, uh, a movie that wound up in space. Was there a Wishmaster that was in space? No, but, I mean, they went off the deep end with go. I mean, they went to hell and everything, so... Yeah, it's either hell they... or space or space hell. With uh, Wishmaster, they took completely other route because they started more or less the movies after the origin was they never visited the origin so they took it in the direction of full circle where the later wishmaster movies there are several that all take place but before like so a series of prequels basically okay 
Gotcha. Was there a puppet? So, I think there was a puppet master in space. Oh, sorry. Actually, I meant puppet master. Wishmaster. No, they never went in space. And I feel they just ended that series before they necessarily had to. It was Puppet Master I was thinking of that oh, did okay. like that circle. So they made a series of prequels. So they just never basically had a chance to go to space, basically. Hey, usually, like, if we're talking about comic books, whenever you take characters to space in certain scenarios, like the X-Men, I hate when they take the X-Men to space. But if you can take my favorite horror icons and shoot them into space, I'm all about it. That is amazing. However, if you took the Jason X script, replaced Jason with the puppets, that would have been a great movie. Now, that they just happened to have the puppets in a crate that they're shipping. It got resurrected, and because after they got blown up by the android chick, uh, <laughs> the nanobots remade the puppets to make them into super puppets. Like, that, you could have the same death scene, same dialogue, everything. Just change Jason with I can't remember. Crap, what's the puppet master's name? Um, Geppetto. No. <laughs> Wrong puppet master. I think this is turning know. into an episode of the Wooded Fly podcast, because suddenly I'm thinking, like, wouldn't it be cool if there was a, a puppet master movie puppet where... Master well, no, not even puppet master space, but, like, puppet master where, like, all the puppets were iconic, like, puppets of iconic horror monsters. So, like, the, the puppets were, like, Freddy, Jason, uh, Leatherface. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be dope as hell. Even though, obviously, like, the puppets for Puppet Master are pretty bitching in their own right, but that's that's a whole discussion for another time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuttering now because I want to keep building up on that idea now. Like, I'm done with Jason. I want to go into this. <laughs> Dra- draft up a script. We'll discuss that one next. Yeah, no, the other, the other thing I wanted to sort of talk about, I know you said you weren't really that familiar with it, and I haven't played the game myself, but um, another hot topic revolving around Friday the 13th is the fact that the game, which was recently released in the last few months, apparently due to some copyright claims from the original copyright holder of Jason and the Friday the 13th series, unfortunately they won't be able to move forward with any new content, which is really unfortunate because there were all these... Like, if you think about it, it's a game very much built for multiplayer. It's very much like the game Dead by Daylight, if, you, if you're familiar with that one, where it's a, a 4v1 where you're trying to survive and there's one... It's almost like a game of tag, but instead of getting tagged, you get killed. It seems like a great premise. It seems like it would be a really fun game. I'd love to play it. But hearing kind of where it is right now in this development limbo due to this copyright claim and these lawsuits is really unfortunate because it sounds like the people who did kickstart this game did it with a whole lot of love and like a whole lot of appreciation and respect for the character and the franchise. And now they're kind of halted in their tracks and they're not going to be able to release a lot of the content for example that was like jason x based isn't going to be released at all because they're stopped they're basically like cease and desist you can't continue with this stuff which is really unfortunate again there's all these rumors out there now saying they might be able to release it sometime in the future still probably very highly doubtful but what from your experience with video games and horror movies do you think about this situation uh i feel i mean Going off, like you said, I this is actually the one sort of uh, Friday the 13th medium I was unfamiliar with. Like, seeing the first couple and the last few of the movies, I'm aware of all the movies and, like, most of the storylines. I was aware of the novels. Uh, I read some of the comic books. I knew there was a television show. I didn't know anything about it. Like, I never even saw 
previews or anything. I just knew it existed. That's However, my next, yeah, that's my next deep dive is I want to check out yeah. the Friday the 13th series. Apparently there was a, a Freddy TV show too. Oh, really? Yeah. That I didn't know about. But yeah, the video game, I had no idea until you brought it up to me the other day that I didn't know this was even a thing. But uh, just going off how you were talking about it, saying like how much care that people who know what they were doing with the video game development were actually going into it. They sound like they're fans themselves, which anytime you make a video game based off of an like, already established other medium, it is only good, really, if you sell the rights to an established good game developer. So, like, that's the problem with why some of the best games are stuff that are all new novel ideas, not because people are like, oh, it's something new. No, it's because it's created by people who the only thing they know is creating games. Whereas if you have, say, take the Warhammer games, for example... They have, like, so many opportunities. They're, like, the world of the Warhammer 40K, the Space Marines, all that, uh, Games Workshop, could make some amazing games. However, because you have companies like that that don't want to give up any of their rights, they try to start their own game developing firm, their own game developing company. So... They're pulling in when gaming isn't what they know. They know other mediums. They know the tabletop, the no- the novels, the RPGs, like the role-playing games. Then they try to develop it without getting a serious, well-established, experienced developer. They try to just make their own and say, all right, make this game. So when you have something like this where, I mean... Like you said, they're getting into legal complications with going further. It's because, yeah, those original develop or the originators of whatever that topic is don't want to give up rights. So there's always a battle between what they're willing to give, what they're not. And really, in order to have a truly successful game based off something that's already established on another medium, you need to be willing to give up some creative rights. That's the only way to make it truly successful. Yeah, no, that's 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 a good point. Like, it's a lot of, you know, if you think about all these the superhero movies and how that's been a struggle over the last few years getting, you know, Fox and Disney and Marvel and Sony to all cooperate and how much crazy money has been changing hands just to get the same characters on screen at the same time is pretty nuts. So when you deal with something like this, even though it's like a a smaller franchise, it's still a pretty big franchise that's going to cost a lot of money to actually get into something like this, like an independent game that was put together and kind of built up into this thing. Whereas it is kind of funny that right around the same time, a lot of the similar games, like for example, Dead by Daylight or Last Year, or there's another one that was announced recently where it is sort of like this horror-themed four-on-one tag death match sort of game play is sort of the new hot game mode sort of it's sort of like how like fortnite and player unknowns battleground sort of took over for like battle royale mode kind of it's a different it's a different game mode obviously but it's it's getting very popular so other people tend to make games and just shell them over with their own content versus like an established scenario like friday the 13th so it's an unfortunate situation i hope 
the best scenario turns out and things sort of resolve and they are able to put out the stuff that they've been pouring their heart and souls into working on because I know it's not easy putting a game like that together and it looks like what they put out so far is great so hopefully that resolves in a way that works out for everyone but we'll see Um, like anytime you have a developer who is an actual like serious fan of whatever they've been like given the responsibility to develop in their own i mean it's normally even if it might have stuff you don't necessarily agree with like in terms of the lore or whatnot it normally gives you something that's amazing to look at amazing to like fun to play like something that is just extremely enjoyable regardless yeah, I think it's it's tough because of the fact that they, they tried to market it as like a full game, and it is very much its own full game, but I think in, in concepts like this where it is, it was kickstarted and it was sort of developed from like a crowdsourced forum, I think that like a lot of it should have probably been handled differently. Like maybe there's a way that they can deal with it where this content is released for free, where it's not like, you know, they're making monetary gains off of it, but because of the fact that they're already selling the game, that's sort of tough at this point. Um it's a whole big thing. Again, neither of us have played the game, so we should probably do a little bit more research into it. I just thought it was an interesting topic <laughs> for us to discuss. But yeah, the fact that it has been announced that we are expecting a new Halloween movie that's sort of exciting coming out this coming October. Considering the fact that Halloween has already technically been remade, this movie, Friday the 13th, was also remade back in 2009. Do you think that we could expect a re-remake of Friday the 13th anytime soon? Would that even be worth it? Or do you think it would be interesting having something sort of similar to what they're doing now with this new Halloween movie where they sort of fit it into the existing lore? I feel, and the one in 2009, that was more or less a remake of the second Friday the 13th, right? Yes, because I think Jason, yeah, Jason's in it, yeah. I don't really foresee them trying to remake the Jason origin because just because there's so little there unless they want to try and remake it and put more demonic stuff into it about how all right while this was going on in earth guess what was happening in hell at the same time uh which coincided with it and like most of the Jason movies even like show quote-unquote clips of the origin itself in it So I feel that it's sort of played out at this point to do a relaunch, but I don't know if it'll happen, but I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if they tried to continue on uh, either from the 2009, using that as a starting point to, all right, we relaunched it, let's continue the relaunch, or to possibly continue further movies that may or may not be canon such as maybe like a Freddy vs. Jason 2 or something. That would be cool. I'd definitely be down for it. I mean, Freddy vs. Jason was made more... It was like half horror, and then the second half of the movie was like an action film. Bizarre action comedy, yeah. It got so so weird at certain points. Yeah, no, I think it's it's interesting because I feel like a lot has been done to the the slasher genre in general in the last few years um, to kind of bring it up from where it has been. Because we do have, you know, series like Saw and stuff, for example, that do just drum out these movies year after year, like The Purge 2, um, which the new, the, the first Purge came out recently. That was still pretty good, but we're only four movies into that series. Well, going off uh, your idea earlier about uh, 
a puppet master movie, but all the puppets being horror icons have a Saw movie in which all the victims are horror icons. And oh, so, there you go. Like, Jason has to cut off his own hand, and Saw Jigsaw is just watching from a camera, and Jason just cuts off his hand and takes his hand and continues on. <laughs> yeah, doesn't give a shit. Yeah. No, I like this. I like this horror multiverse that we've sort of we sort of discovered in this in this episode. Um, yeah, because all the horror icons, Pinhead, Jason, Freddy, Michael Myers, they're all very good. Fr- they're a Breakfast Club of horror icons. And I feel like we got a little bit of that, like. Cabin in the Woods dealt with it very well. Like, none of those characters were directly addressed, but they were all paid tribute to in that movie. Mm-hmm. And while they didn't necessarily... Basically almost had a pinhead, whereas the dude with, like, a sphere instead of a cube or something. Yeah, it's a very it's a very aware movie that's very self-referential of, like, other horror genres. Like, that's what I loved about it, is that it does reference all these other movies while also kind of poking fun at the horror genre. Mm-hmm. But that leads me into my next point is I had the privilege recently to go back and watch Adam Green's Hatchet series from the beginning because I was actually wandering around a few weeks ago and there was a yard sale down the street and they had a bin of DVDs as most yard sales do nowadays because nobody has DVDs anymore. And for a dollar, I got the Hatchet Special Edition and then found that all the rest of the Hatchet movies and Victor Crowley were up on streaming services. So I watched Hatchet 1 through 3 and Victor Crowley, which is sort of a more modern Bayou-esque Friday the 13th. If you haven't right, watched them... I was going to ask, is that the one like in New Orleans and they take like a ghost tour on yes. the swamp or something? Okay. Yeah. I was actually actually didn't know there was more than just the first hatchet movie yeah so if you have prime i think one through three are on prime and then victor crowley just came out last year i would definitely recommend watching one through three because they're pretty fun they're all direct sequels they're pretty goofy it's like horror comedy that's what adam green does and he does it well a lot of his cast just enjoy what they're doing too so they have fun with it and it's very much i guess what i would expect from a movie like friday the 13th to have evolved into Because the kills are a lot more satisfying and over-the-top in these movies, and that's fine. Like, they can be gory and dumb, but, like, the effects are great, and the work really shows. Like, it's it's just, you know, ridiculous. Whatever Victor Crowley can get his hands on besides just the hatchet, like, he kills people with. There's, like, one person who gets killed by getting their head sanded down with a belt sander. Like, it's hilarious. It's gross, but it's hilarious. And, you know, it's interesting to see the evolution of the slasher genre from movies like Halloween and Friday the 13th. But at the same time, I do think about all those movies where it was just Jason versus a bunch of psychic kids. And it still pains me because kids ruin movies. (laughs) (laughs) So believe it or not, those were just the crossovers with uh, children of the corn. Oh man, a whole nother series. Of the corn. <laughs> a whole nother series that needs needs a retrospective. Those movies are pretty great too. I mean kids are kids are creepy if handled really well. There's a, a film that comes to mind. Oh, it's a Spanish it's a Spanish film. Where are all the children or can the children come out to play? Where like these people get lost, they're on their honeymoon on an island, and then it winds up that all the kids are basically possessed by this crazy virus that makes them kill everyone. Oh man, it's a brutal movie. Um, so movies like that, I guess, where kids are killing people or kids are getting killed, like, that's cool. But when they're, like, sort of distracting from the actual cool stuff in the movie, forget about it. You've lost me. I don't know. 
I'll have to check out the other Hatchet movies. You said 1 through 3 are on Prime? Yeah, I'm pretty sure 1 through 3 are on Prime last time I checked. Um, they're fun watches, pretty quick. I don't think any of them are like long, that much longer than an hour and a half. And then Victor Crowley came out like I said, fairly recently within the last year. So if you need a if you need a, a way to watch that, we can watch it while you're up here to visit. But yeah, Friday the Thirteenth, we've survived another one. Do you feel Do you feel accomplished? Do you feel like you can put this on your resume, Sean? Well, I don't know. We still got one more hour to go. Really? I thought it was later than it was. Okay. Yeah, uh, I don't know. So well, I just what happened this. in an hour and seven minutes? I've got I've got a lot of blunt <laughs> knives in my kitchen. We'll we'll have to lock those down. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Sean, for joining me on this uh, impromptu Friday the 13th retrospective episode recording on Friday the 13th. It was, it was a good one. But where can our dear, dear listeners find more of your work or more of your dulcet tones and velvety smooth voice? Well, they can actually find both myself and you to an extent on a podcast that I actually host called the Would It Fly podcast. That's available on like iTunes, Google Play, pretty much anywhere you stream your podcast from, you should be able to find it. The Would It Fly podcast. Basically, the podcast involves myself and a constantly rotating cast of co-hosts. And we sit down and discuss the potential of success in our own reality for some of the craziest ideas, ranging from drone pizza delivery to a puppet master uh, movie with all the horror icons as puppets honestly it falls right in the realm we could do that <laughs> one i mean nice. basically anything you can think of that you're like whoa what if this exists or you know what would be cool that itself becomes a topic of each of our episodes and myself and my co-host we just sit down discuss it and try to decide whether we think it could realistically take off or not but like i said it's called the would it fly podcast it's fairly new but we release new episodes every other monday for updates and any information you can also follow us on twitter at would it fly exactly how it sounds or just seek us out on our website www.woulditfly.podbean.com Nice. Yeah, no, I was listening to your most recent episode uh, with you and your dad talking about homemade fireworks. That was pretty entertaining. Great. Well, yeah, so thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Fear Boners presented by the Down in Front podcast. I am your host, Andrew, the Abs Man. You can always find me here, or if you search the Abs Man in your Googles, you'll find me, not to be confused with the Ass Man. I mean, either way you win, you're going to find something interesting. If you want to find out more about what we do, you can visit us on our website at the downinfrontpodcast.com. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com backslash downinfrontpodcast. And you can email us directly. We have two different emails. We have one that will come directly to me, and that is fearbonersdifp at gmail.com. Or if you want to reach the general Down in Front crew, you can email the crew at downinfrontpodcast.com. We also have two different Twitter accounts. We have the Fear Boners at Fear Boners D-I-F-P on Twitter, or you can go to at underscore D-I-F-P on Twitter. Um, we also have a YouTube channel, and also we have the return of the Gamescast. You can find us on twitch.tv backslash downinfrontpodcast. And additionally, we appreciate you listening so much. It means the world to us. 
We love to do this for you. We love to hear what you guys have to say about movies, and we appreciate having the ability to have this conversation with you on a regular basis. We do it for absolutely free because we love you guys. But if you want to help us out, even in the smallest way, you can visit patreon.com backslash downinfrontpodcast and learn more about how you can contribute to us. Even a dollar a month helps, and this will go towards basically putting the show together, getting things out there, and we do have benefits for folks who contribute to our Patreon. You can learn about that more on patreon.com. Again, thank you so much for listening to Fear Boners, presented by the Down in Front Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew. I'm here with my buddy, Sean, and we will be back before you know it to tickle your fear boner.